Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Minnesota Beer Cast State Fair Night One Edition. I love coming out to the State Fair. I love doing the Beer Cast from the State Fair. I am Drew. That's my co-host Schmitty. That's me. And we are recording this episode in the uh, Horticulture Building. Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild was kind enough to lend us their stage for a little while and allow us to record our show here. So thank you to them. Yeah, thank you to the Guild. Uh, thank you to Freehouse Beer for sponsoring the show. Uh, if you're here and thirsty, be sure to go check out the Blue Barn and we get did. some of their beer. We did. That's how we started our day. We, uh, we started with the limelight. It's a great way because it's right by the entrance. It's like perfect spot. You just walk over there, get yourself a tall limelight. Perfect way to start your fair experience. Yeah, we've got a really fun show set up here for uh, for the evening. We've got the folks from Invictus are going to join us. Uh, we've got Jess Fleming from the Pioneer Press. And I've been told we're going to be uh, graced by somebody from the Guild. And uh, we may cover a little bit of news as well. So We might. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We rarely do. Yeah, we always say we're going to. And then we just don't. It's kind of how I like to do. I like to over prep. That way I never under deliver. Yeah. I like that you prep at all because <laughs> I don't. Well, someone has to. <laughs> well, I figured we'd start the, uh, the show talking to uh, the folks from Invictus. So why don't we, uh, why don't we introduce those guys? It's uh, Previn and Bradley. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. So uh, Invictus. Newcomers to the uh, to the craft brewing scene, newer. Uh, you guys are in Blaine. Tell us uh, tell us your origin story of how uh, Invictus came to be, from a twinkle in your eye to to where it is now. Well, there's there's two components. To, I'll talk about one: how the brewery came to be and how the name came to be. Uh, the brewery came to be uh, six, seven, eight years ago. Uh, our uh, my neighbor and uh, my son, my neighbor's son and my son. We're in the same kindergarten class, and he was a home brewer, and we got to just talking about home brewing and everything. And I went home brewed in his garage, um, got instantly hooked on home brewing. Uh, only had plans to brew extract kits. Um, I got a line on uh, some all grain equipment a couple months later, and bought that. And I started brewing all grain kits, and then I thought, well, if I'm going to do all grain, I might as well make my own recipes because if I'm going to go to all that work, I might as well do my own thing. So I did that. And then uh, I'm a finance guy uh, by career, by trade, and I just kind of like a lot of home brewers had a dream of opening up a home brewery and or a, a, a brewery in my hometown, and just started doing all the research on, on doing all that, and came clean to my wife one night and said, "Hey, I've been working on a business plan," and she's like, "Let's do it." So. That, that was all it took to convince the wife. That's to, all it took. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't going to happen without her. So. Thank you, Kiri. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Kiri. Uh, I think overall she's glad we did it, but sometimes it's not, it's not easy. So, it so that's, that's how the brewery came about. But uh, the name came about by one of my partners. We were driving in his car, and uh, I said, I got the perfect name for the brewery. He was... He's like, well, I got the perfect name for a brewery. And I told him my name, which I'm not going to share, and because mine's better, and I just don't want to overshadow him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, but, uh, Sam. So um, then he said, well, the, the name's got to be Invictus. And if you know Sam, he's, he's a great guy, but he's very passionate about everything he talks about. I said, well, why does it have to be Invictus? He's like, well, my grandfather would, would recite, there's a poem called Invictus written in 1888 by uh, William Ernest Henley. And he's like, my grandfather would recite the poem and talk about you know, uh, what it meant to him. And he just, he just had really fond memories of that when he was a kid. And I'm like, 
damn it, I, I, I can't compete with that, you know, so Invictus was born. can't compete with the, uh, the emotions of, of childhood grandpa time, No, right? you can't, you can't, so. So do you know the poem Invictus? Can you, can you help us envision uh, what that means? Out of the night, black as a pit from pole to pole. Uh, I think whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. Um, I forget all of I know a lot of the lines and stuff, but I forget how it all goes. But the gist of the poem is basically, despite all the negative circumstances in your life, that you are the master of your own fate and you are the captain of your soul. That you don't give up, you keep on going, and that the, uh, the human soul, the human spirit is unconquerable. Nice. I like That's it. why our tagline is beer for the unconquerable soul. Nice. That's awesome. That's really sweet. And Bradley, you're, you're the brewer there. Yes. Tell us your kind of origin story. Um, <laughs> where, where do you want me to start? At the beginning. Well, the part where you started drinking beer, maybe. Why don't you start Well, there, there. was this blizzard in 1978, <laughs> and my parents were snowed in. See, when a man and, and woman uh, really love each other. Right. <laughs> um, no, uh, I got into beer in college. Uh, I moved in with one of my best friends, and he had just started home brewing and asked me if I would lend him a hand. And I said, absolutely. I'd always wanted to learn more about beer. So after, uh, I, he was leading the show for about two to three recipes. And by the third to fourth, I had read further than he had in the Bible, uh, Charlie Papazian's book. Uh, and uh, after that, I was like, no, 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 we're doing it this way. Like, step aside. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I just I just ran with it. Uh, I was studying more about beer during college than my actual degree, <laughs> and uh, I just it just like a fish to water. It just came with me. It's, it's funny. I was also very involved with beer more than my actual college degree, but in a much different way. You were making it. I was just very involved with beer. Yeah. I chose beer over my college degree. <laughs> a lot of us did. Yeah. I, re I realized early what I like more. Oh, fun fact that I didn't know that my uh, father told me. During Prohibition, my great-grandfather was a police officer in Elkhart, Indiana. And uh, apparently he was also uh, homebrewing at the time. So my father <laughs> told me a story where they were sitting at the uh, dinner table one hot summer afternoon and uh, early evening, and they started hearing these pop, pop, pop from the basement, and Grandpa Ward gets up, God damn it, runs down to the basement, and uh, uh, yeah, bottles were exploding, and he was like, what caused that? I'm like, it was either a really hot summer, or he used too much priming sugar. Yeah, it's, it's, it's usually too much priming sugar, right? I mean, that, I've had that happen as well, and that's, there's nothing more unfortunate when you hear that, that sound, and it's like, oh, oh no, there's, not only is that hard work, all over the uh, the floor, but there's also a mess in all my beer. <laughs> well, Bradley, we gotta get one of those recipes that your grandfather made. And I don't know if those exist anymore. <laughs> it's inspired by. You put it quotes around it, and inspired by or grandpappy style. Well, yeah, just the fact that I'm not the first brew in my family was very encouraging. It was like, ha, it can be done. <laughs> so, how do you make the leap from college enthusiast to working in the brewing industry? Uh, you volunteer on bottling lines, and uh, you get paid in lunch and low fills for a long time. Uh, and then eventually you catch a break, and you basically have to know the right people at the right time. And I couldn't have been more blessed in moving to Seattle, getting edu taught, educated and taught by the rock stars of the Seattle brewing industry. And I, I feel blessed. 
Have you? Uh, where were you directly before this? Have you been to any, you know, big rock star, you know, Northwest United States breweries? Do you have a, a, a pedigree that you you would like to hang your head on, or just a lot of hard work and experience? Um, basically, every place I worked at in uh, Seattle as a brewer, uh, I was fortunate to work with. Uh, I started out at Elysian Brewing Company. Uh, Dick Cantwell was kind enough to hire me at the time as a lowly keg washer and um, yeah, bottling assistant. And then from there, it just kind of escalated, and I gave me more and more responsibility. And yeah. That's a, that's a good name to know. Dick, Dick Cantwell might have a, a little bit of pull in the, in the industry. Just a skosh. <laughs> and how did you, uh, how did you connect um, with the, the fine folks at Invictus? Um, my wife and I were actually looking to move from Seattle because it was not a place we could actually settle down because rent was so expensive and just cost of living and traffic mm -hmm. is a nightmare. My goodness. Um, so, yeah, we were looking to, for a similar city, a liberal city, a college town, a place with a good music scene, a good food scene, uh, a good beer scene. So uh, Minneapolis checked all, the checked all those boxes, and I just started looking on Pro Brewer for jobs. And uh, I, I answered Previn's ad, and uh, here I am today. You know, Previn, one of the things that we talk about frequently is the... the the choice between doing it yourself and hiring somebody who's got that professional experience. Um, why don't we take a break, and when we come back, why don't you talk a little about what it's like giving up the reins of, of your dream and handing it over to somebody else who's really going to be crafting what it is you're bringing out to, to the public when we come back after this quick break. You're listening to the Minnesota BeerCast on AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. Stephanie here with my friend Rosie for all the Blue Plate restaurants. You know, that felt a little backwards. Well, kind of like this spring weather, we're ready for patio season. Yeah, sipping a freehouse beer on the best patio in the North Loop before a ball game. Or riding your bike to our large patio at Longfellow Grill. Or dining al fresco at Three Squares, the Lowry, or Mercury Dining Room at Rail. So once spring finally arrives, we have a patio seat waiting for you and plenty of food and drinks, too. I yeah, can't wait. The Blue Plate Restaurant Company, online at blueplateco.com. All right, we are back at the Minnesota State Fair inside the Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild uh, building area, horticulture building, having a great time out here with the Minnesota Beer Cast. I am Drew. That is Schmitty. We will be out here again. Uh, next Friday yep. as well, both Friday nights, 7 o'clock, right here. So come on out, join us, have a great time. Stick around for the after party. Hopefully it's a little drier next week. Because that's, that's always a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's always, it's always a fun hanging out. I, I never loved the fair so much until we started doing shows from here. It really turned me on the fair. Yeah. It really, that, that's what turned the corner. I was already starting to appreciate the fair and enjoy the fair. I was, I was learning how to love <laughs> the fair. But then when we started doing the beer cast out here, that was, that was the, 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 the turning of the corner for me. It's yeah. a blast. Yeah, there's a lot of things to love about the fair. I would, uh, I would certainly throw a plug out there for the uh, the big fat bacon stand. There's nothing I love more than getting
getting a nice cold beer and swinging by the big fat bacon and getting one of those bad boys. Yep, yep. It's, it's yep. a match made in heaven. Yep, I'm going to be uh, hitting that on the way out, I think. And uh, also, on my way out, I'm going to stop by the Blue Barn again because i got to get another one of those limelights from, uh, from Freehouse. Those things are fantastic. Yeah, it's definitely a, a one of the, the better beers to get here, in my opinion, at the State Fair. Um, we're going to talk with Jess Fleming from the Pioneer Press here shortly. She's going to give us kind of a rundown of what she's had for beer, uh, what she likes, and then also talk about some food as well. So, we left uh, off talking with the folks from Invictus. Thank you for uh, giving us some time, and congratulations. You guys opened up in May. Is that after May up in Blaine? 22nd, yep. You got you to turn that on there. Hello. There Welcome you go. <laughs> so what, what was it like opening? Uh, well, we teased before we left, I guess, talking about professional um, versus a home brewer. What was it like to kind of hand over that dream to uh, an experienced professional brewer versus the, the drive and, and the, I guess, desire to do it yourself? Well, I didn't hand over the dream to anybody. I brought Bradley into it. Um, or he chose to come into it, more importantly. Um, the, I, I don't, we chose each other. Yeah, it's, it's a, a match point. made in very, heaven. Very, very good point. Um, you know, I, I, I seen, I, I worked in commercial lending and I, I looked at financial statements and met a lot of people from a lot of different types of businesses that were very successful and some that were not successful. And the one, the one thing that I found a lot is that the ones that were successful are the ones that were trying to do it all themselves. And for me, if I wanted to make mediocre beer, I would have done it myself. I, I can make mediocre beer. I think anybody can do it. Um, I can also make mediocre beer. Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I look at a lot of the, some of the leaders that I look up to and a lot of the leaders that I've looked up to in the past um, have hired for their weaknesses and recognized their weaknesses and, and capitalized on their strengths. And my strengths was... The, the business side of, of, of a brewery and the financial and the research and the, and the marketing and you know those types of things that, that's what I could do do well um, and I knew that I needed somebody of Bradley's caliber to to bring this business or to bring this brewery to the level that it needed to be um, uh, I just I wasn't interested in mediocre beer and, and um, so we needed somebody that had that experience. So I don't, I don't view it as uh, giving anything up. Um, I'm still very much a part of it, and um, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 he's just enhancing it. That being said, um, when you were when you were planning this out, when you when you had the vision for it, did you have a pretty clear vision of what you wanted to put on tap, or was it more of a, yes. a collaboration? Once once the brewer came in, it was like, okay, what are we going to work on? No, I, I did. I did very much have a uh, an idea of what I wanted to have on tap, um, and that was part of the process when we were looking for for brewers as to what what would that brewer fit with the direction that we wanted to and probably needed to go with our brewery. Um, it was one of the selling points that Bradley had when we talked about beer. We flew him in from Seattle in early January, and despite the fact that it was probably about, what, 8 degrees, <laughs> negative 14 degrees, uh, he still came back. Uh, but, um, You're a brave man. Yeah, but he brought some sample beers out, and we talked a lot about beer and, and kind of what his vision for the beer was, and it, it fit with what our vision was. So he's done things that I wouldn't have done, and he's taken things in a different direction, but I hired him for that reason, because 
he's probably right and I'm not. So to that end, uh, it's it's worked out really well. And and yes, there was a lot of synergies in between what his beer philosophy and his style was and what he had brought for us to sample um, that really worked well for what our needs were. Well, let's talk about what people can expect when they uh, when they head out up to Blaine and go to Invictus. Tell us uh, tell us what you got on tap. What are your what are your flagships? What are you hanging your hat on? What are your what are some of your beers that differentiate you from from other breweries? Um, so we don't really have a flagship per se right now. We're basically leaving that up to y'all. So whatever you guys drink the most of, we will uh, continue to brew. I like uh, that. That that being said. Um, we are getting a uh, really great response from our oatmeal pale ale right now, which is called Oat Busters. Who are you going to call? <laughs> um, also, uh, basically, we haven't... It's been really encouraging for me as a brewer because nothing is really outselling anything else. Like, it's all basically across the board. There's, it kind of goes like this, but like, I mean, nothing is really outselling the other. It's not like, oh, well, that was a stinker. We'll not do that again. Um, but right now we have five hoppy offerings and then five not hoppy offerings right now. So we're trying to appeal to everybody since we have to being where we are, uh, having such a diverse community and people coming in and out of the sports center. Uh, that being said, I mean, there's a Saison, there's a Kolsch, there's an Amber, there's a Porter, uh, there's a Blondale, uh, there's, you know, the Oat Busters like we already mentioned, there's a Smash Beer with all, uh, and this is my favorite one, since I'm from Seattle, so I had no idea what uh, Mick Golden Light was when I moved here. <laughs> so I brewed a Smash Beer with uh, all Vic's Secret Hops and Golden Promise and it's called Vic Golden Spite. <laughs> nice. Nice. I like um, it. So take that, AB. <laughs> um, that no, you're really it. sticking it to the man there. <laughs> well, I'm no, we're no toppling Goliath, but we're, we're trying. It's got to uh, be exciting, yeah, though, because being the first taproom in Blaine, you get the opportunity to introduce a lot of people to the taproom experience that may not Absolutely. have ever done it before, right? So I imagine that you have, a, you probably still have a lot of people coming in and going, you know, give me your lightest beer or, you know, give me... That's why we brewed a Kolsch. Does, yeah, exactly. Th does that drive you nuts as either a brewer or a proprietor where people come in and say, Absolutely. Give, me, give me your lightest beer? Then why are you here? Well, well I guess maybe that's the question, right? Why, why do you think that they are there? That's a good. I'm still wrapping my head around this. I've been in this industry for 12 years, and people still every brewery like, well, what's the closest thing you have to Coors Light? Nothing. <laughs> it, well, and, and you know, that's. I think that's one of the the biggest puzzles in the the craft beer industry, and particularly in Minnesota, that you've got people who want a beer. They've got their classic idea and style of what a beer is, but they're willing to forego what maybe they drink on a regular basis to explore something new and come into a brewery and, and maybe start off with what they're used to and expand their palates. Absolutely, and that's why we brewed the Blondale early on, uh, something with local honey and lemon peel, something to appeal to those beer drinkers. And again, that's why we brewed the Kolsch, and we try to have those lighter offerings on at all times. So we are trying to appeal to a larger audience, uh, hence our draft list. Uh, we have a new beer in fermentation right now coming out for the fall. Um, we don't have a name for it yet, but it's brewed with a whole bunch of pecan meal and uh, local maple syrup, and it's a brown ale. You say pecan meal? Yes. As in the nut? Yes. Is that difficult to do with the, the oil that's, that's in there? 
Um, well, I can tell you the runoff to the kettle was very slow, um, <laughs> but the beer is tasting really good in fermentation right now. Previn will attest to it. I will. It absolutely is. Do, do you have any secret as far as um, head retention when it comes to, to brewing a beer with, with things like pecan oil in them? Um, no, because we added all the pecan meal during the mash and then boiled all that off. Okay. Very good. If I can go back one, I want to answer the, uh, one of the questions you asked. What mm -hmm. does it drive you nuts when people come in and order your lightest beer? Mm -hmm. And to me, it, it doesn't. And, and the reason why it doesn't is because you're probably not going to change their tastes. But if they could at least taste a Kolsch or a Blonde and say, hey, that's not so bad. I like that. And if we can at least get them to drink light craft beer, at least they're, they're moving into something that's local, something that's um, produced with passion, that's not just a mass-produced beer. So at least you can accomplish that. It, it is a little frustrating sometimes, I will admit, that you spend all this time making your favorite IPA porter and all that kind of stuff, then they drink the lightest, simplest beer you can make. But to the end, you know, it's not so bad. Well, it's all about expanding their palates. I mean, you know, I, I think every every beer drinker, especially probably of our generation, right? I mean, we we were we were started drinking beer before the microbrewery sort of explosion happened, and so it's all about learning and broadening that palate. I mean, I remember when I was young, I drank the Milwaukee's Best, and I drank the Natural Lights, and I drank the Keystones, <laughs> and that to me was beer what because was that's what was available, exactly, right? You know, and then all of a sudden I started, uh, you know, trying some imports and trying some some different things, and the microbreweries happened, and now you know it's all about just you slowly broaden and expand their palate a little bit. We are up against a break. This is the Minnesota Beer Cast presented by Freehouse Beer, recording at the Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild. Thank you to them in the Horticulture Building. This is the Minnesota Beer Cast. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Minnesota BeerCast, the Minnesota State Fair, great Minnesota get-together edition of the Minnesota BeerCast. That's right, we're having a great time, having a, a blast here in the Horticulture Building. Thank you to Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild for uh, lending us your stage for a little while, and thank you to Freehouse Beer and all the great restaurants that serve Freehouse Beer, including the Blue Barn here at the Minnesota State Fair for sponsoring this episode of the Minnesota BeerCast. We are here with uh, Invictus Brewing and Jess Fleming from the Pioneer. Air Press. How you doing, Jess? I'm doing great. Are you, is your mic on there? Is that on? I think it is. It's just a little, okay. it's a little tuned down. There you go. Talk loud. Only real close. <laughs> now, we had you on a, a couple weeks ago uh, to sort of preview the new releases at the, at the fair. We kind of talked about them and, and, and uh, went over which ones we want to try. Now that the fair's been up and running for a couple of days, I imagine you've tried all of them. I have not yet. Well, um, so I, you leave and come back when you have. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yesterday was all about the foods. We tried all uh, 26 new foods on the on the how, official list. How do you how do you do that without exploding? Um, one bite. Yeah. Unless it's really good. Yeah. Like there are a couple things I had two no. bites of, or like if I felt like I needed to have another bite just to evaluate, but. That one makes bite. sense. One that bite. makes sense. One well-placed bite. You yeah. should be able to get everything out of the food, unless it's was some it, sort of, you know, crazy cooked in the middle 
Well, if it's like a what, Chipotle burrito, you know, it's like if you take one bite, you might just get sour cream. Oh, right. man, I hate that. There, there are people who will hold up the line and say, I want my burrito <laughs> mixed up. I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm not that high maintenance. But there are people who will get their burrito mixed up right there on the line. So you tried 26 items yesterday. Yes, sir. Was there anything that you were like, I'm going to finish this? This is so good. I don't care. I'm eating it all. Uh, I I have more restraint than that, but I'll <laughs> tell you, um, those Irish tater kegs at O'Gara's, they have corned beef and sauerkraut and potato, oh. and then they're drizzled with a Thousand Island. Oh. They are real good. Yeah. Sounds that good. That is some beer-drinking food right there, yeah. friends. That sounds really good. Yeah. Oh. And this is at really O'Gara's, good. and they're called what? Irish tater kegs. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's right in my wheelhouse. Yep. You know, by the time the show is done, I'm going to have a little bit of room. I got the, <laughs> the big fat bacon already. I hit that on the way to the show. So I'm, I'm going to be looking for a little dessert after the show. That, that sounds like it could be a definite contender. I have heard that the bacon tots at the Blue Barn are good, too, but they weren't on the official list, and we had to cut it off somewhere. So. We were at the Blue Barn earlier, and somebody next to me ordered them, and yeah. I saw them, and, I mean, they looked amazing. So tell, tell me about the official list. How does that work? Well, there are more new foods than that. I know the growler, uh, James Norton, is a total crazy fanatic, and he tried them all. I think it's like it was 40-something. Um, but that's a lot. So do you get sent just like a media list says, here's the, the official yeah, new so, foods and things that we think are going to generate the most pub? Yeah, so the fair picks there, 20, you know, it's, it's a different number every year, honestly, mm -hmm. but this year it was... 27, one of them isn't available till the second two weeks, so... That's kind of lame. Well, no, that's because um, Midtown Global Market has two vendors from the market split the time. Sure. So the first half is one vendor, and then the second half is another vendor. Um, so we couldn't try the second one, obviously. And I, they're probably going to get caught short a little bit on the, on the publicity, I would guess. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a barbecue split, like as in banana split, but made from barbecue ingredients. So mm. there's like a scoop mm. of mac and cheese, a scoop of pulled pork, a scoop of, eh, it might be coleslaw, I don't know. And I'm then sold. The, the banana part is pickles. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Oh. See, yeah. I really wanted sold. it. I was disappointed that they put that one second. And, and, and I'm assuming it's a dill pickle. Uh, yeah, I mean, sweet pickles are made from Satan. Like, I, I don't know. It's not deep fried. Sweet pickles are just garbage. I don't know why they even, like, if you're going to go sweet, you at least got to go sweet and hot, right? Yes, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. But they do have their place. Uh, all right. All right. So, what were your, some of your other uh, standouts that you got to try yesterday? Well, if I'm coming to the fair today and I'm like, I'm going to eat three things. Okay, Give me your so top it's a little three. spendy, but right around the corner here, there is an ice cream float made with um, cream soda that's sweetened with honey, and then they drop a scoop of sweet science ice cream into it. It is so good. The, the soda is not too sweet. Yeah. I, super refreshing, especially on a hot day, and that ice cream is, you know, phenomenal. And so. how, how much is that? The... It's $9. See, that sweet science ice cream is awesome. It's but, so man, you got to take out a second mortgage for it. Science ain't cheap, Schmitty. <laughs> science ain't cheap. <laughs> it is really good, though. Like, if you're looking to splurge and you have somebody to share it with, it's pretty sizable, you know. All right, so it's good. Tater kegs, number one. Sweet science float, number two. What's, what's oh. vying for, for number three? 
You know, there was a lot of sweet stuff on the list this is, year. Is there, any, is there any classics that, that contend among the, the new hip, crazy, on a stick foods? Okay, so the only on a stick food that was on the list was at the new Nordic Waffles stand, which, by the way, recommend. Those waffles are amazing. There's a super long line for them for a reason. Uh, but they have a they have a one that's stuffed with smoked salmon and cream cheese, which is super good. I love smoked salmon. I love cream cheese. Yeah, I'm just in, not sure about the waffle part. But the waffle oh, no. is no, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure about is it. Is it more like crepey? Yeah, it's not super sweet. The waffle isn't. So it's really good. That was one of my favorite dishes at the fair, Is there actually. a good crunch, a good texture to the waffle? A, they stick a stick through it, but it's really not functional. So there is not a single food on the new foods list that you can eat from a stick. Is and I feel like that is a sad state, sad Bad commentary state fair etiquette. on our fair... <laughs> It's poor, it's poor fair culture. Fair culture, yeah. <laughs> like, come on. I, I bet it's intentional. I bet they don't like being put into that. that nobody puts baby in a corner, right? It's right. not, I mean. It does seem fair. like in the last couple of years, the on a stick aspect of the fair has been minimized. It seems like it's, it's kind of being played down a little bit. Yeah, but the fair is supposed to be fun. Yes. Like, I want fun. I want whimsy. Yes, I want it to taste good. But don't give me, you know, a tuna poke ball, which, by the way, not good. Don't get it. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it was It was a badly executed tuna poke on rice, which it shouldn't be on rice. And who wants to eat raw fish at the fair? I do not. Yeah, it probably is not going to be my, my go-to. But if you're looking for, you know, a little bit of lighter, refreshing fare, you right? You know, you can get the shrimp ceviche. That's on the new list, too. That's right across the street. And those, they, they cook the shrimp first. So it's safer. It's not traditional. It is lighter. But that's nice, though. You can, you can be not traditional at the fair. That's one of those things that's not on a stick. But you're never going to put ceviche on a stick. Right. I mean, you shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, you can do anything, right? One but more thing I can shout out to is because there's a, a whole lot of sweet stuff on the list this year, and I was really sick of sweets by the end of it. But near the end, we ended up at the Blue Moon, and they have this smoked soft serve ice cream. Mm -hmm. The cold brew smoked soft serve is awesome. It's so good. It's not super smoky if you're afraid of that. It's just really flavorful. Is that like a vanilla smoked? like? Well, it's got a cold brew coffee flavor too. Okay. So really, really good. That was the best of the sweet stuff in my opinion. That does sound really good. I know we yeah. saw, you know, we, when we go back in the archives and listen to the, to the State Fair beer preview show that we did, but we saw a lot of what we looked to be overly sweet beers. Yes. Yeah, and I think that maybe it's just easy for people to throw a bunch of sugar into stuff with, without making it too, too challenging. When going through the, uh, the official list of, of foods that you tried, what were some of the, uh, the clunkers? What would you definitely oh. not recommend? Okay, so I am really proud of this. I got the term grape turd on to the <laughs> NPR airwaves. So if y'all hear that, grape that was turd. me. I said grape turd, and they aired it. And what were and you referring to? Too. What were you referring to when you called it a grape turd? I was referring to the gas station grill has a zesty PB&J sausage. It is nasty. So I cut, it, I cut into it, and instead of using jelly, they apparently thought it was a good idea to put whole grapes in there. What? And like a little 
thing floated out that really looked like a turd, and I was like, what is that? Oh. And it took some poking around, and we figured out it was a grape. Oh. But, yeah, and it didn't taste good either. I guess I've had, like, bratwurst with, like, grape and wild rice and stuff, but that's definitely not, like, state fair, like... Deep fried yeah, it sausage. Was dry. As the sausage was dry. It didn't oh. taste good. It just—it was—it was a big miss. That's disappointing. Anything you thought that was going to be good or great that that surprised you with how mediocre it might be? You know, I—I I wasn't mad at the idea of poking at the. No, fair. It's a good concept. It's solid. Yeah, but if it's not executed fish was well, cut like this, you know, like an inch by an inch, it just wasn't. It, it was badly executed. That was the total amount of poke was. An no, inch by there an was inch? there was a good amount of it, but the fish was cut too big. Well, and I, like, it's, it's got to be a little dangerous going tuna in uh, in the the heat of of late August, early early September, right? Yeah. Yeah. We are up against a break. You're listening to the Minnesota Beer Cast from the State Fair from the Horticultural Building, brought to you by Freehouse Beer. When we come back, a couple more questions for Jess Fleming. I got to find out what her all-time classic State Fair go-to food is beyond all the new stuff. And we'll uh, get back to talking about the uh, newest brewery in, well, the first brewery in Blaine, uh, Invictus. You're listening to the Minnesota Beer Cast. We'll be right back. Stephanie Ship here with my friend Rosie for all the Blue Plate restaurants. You know, that felt a little backwards. Well, kind of like this spring weather. We're ready for patio season. Yeah, sipping a freehouse beer on the best patio in the North Loop before a ball game. Or riding your bike to our large patio at Longfellow Grill. Or dining al fresco at Three Squares, the Lowry, or Mercury Dining Room at Rail. So once spring finally arrives, we have a patio seat waiting for you and plenty of food and drinks too. I can't wait. The Blue Plate Restaurant Company, online at blueplateco.com. All right, welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast from the Minnesota State Fair. The after, you know, I'm excited because it's the last segment. So we're like, we're like nine minutes away from the after party commencing. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy doing the show so much, Drew. <laughs> Can't wait till it's over. I'm sorry, there's no computer for you to play solitaire here when we're live on location. <laughs> that was uncalled for. Un- I'm editing that out. We are here with Invictus Brewing and our good friend Jess Fleming from the Pioneer Press talking about the uh, the new foods that you tried a ton of. Um, I want to know what is, besides the new stuff, besides yeah. the stuff you're sort of tasked with trying and reviewing with your impeccable palate, what is the go-to thing? Like you, when the State Fair comes around, Jess Fleming can't wait to try what? All right. So true confessions. Today I got here. I needed a quick something to eat. I went straight to the Pronto Pup stand because uh, yes. you just yeah. can't go wrong with a Pronto Pup. I had a very heated conversation with a coworker earlier this week about corn dog versus Pronto Pup. And to me, it's a no-brainer. Why, no contest. Why would you ever come here and get a corn dog when you could get a Pronto Pup? Exactly. The, what, what, does it, what does the Pronto Pup do for you, Jess? Uh, I really like that. The, I feel like the corn dog breading is usually too sweet. Um, I like that the Pronto Pup, you know, it's more of a pancakey batter. Mm-hmm. It's more light, and it is salty. 
Yeah. Like, you know, it's, maybe it's a little too salty even, but it's really good. But that's, that's you know. food on a stick. That's deep right. fried fair food. It should be a little too salty. Yeah. And, you know, my kids were just sitting in the front row here eating the cheese curds. We always get the cheese curds. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, we like the honey lemonade. Yeah, the thing, here's here's the thing. I got a problem with that cheese curd thing because it wasn't that long ago when part of the mystique of the fair was like, cool, cheese curds. Now every place sells cheese curds. Like every yeah, restaurant has cheese everywhere. curds. Right. Every restaurant has cheese curds as an appetizer. Right. They've kind of yeah. lost their, their, their state fair specialness. Right. They're still better here. So speaking of, speaking of cheese curds, do you know if there's a, is there any place that sells a great poutine at the state fair? Because that seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, uh, there's Duke's Poutine. It's over across, like, over by it's the horse the building. Um, <laughs> right by, it's, and it's a Canadian thing. I mean, I, hey? I think it comes from Canada. It's, it's good. I mean, you know, it's salty oh, as hell, oh, but I it's see. good. Uh, your voice went up at the end. Your voice it's, went up. It's, it's good. Like, it's good. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> you kind of shrugged your shoulders a little bit. I've had better poutine, but, okay. you know, okay. it, it scratches the itch. All it's, right. It's good. Is there such a thing as bad poutine? I well, mean, honestly. Uh, I'm going to answer that with a very emphatic yes. As a <laughs> well, person if you, who if eats you, for a living, if you screw up the you. gravy, just be you can yeah. screw up gravy. Oh yeah. Oh. But if you don't, if you can manage to not screw up the gravy. Well, and now the thing is doing all kinds of weird stuff and calling it poutine when really it just should be fries, curds, gravy. Can we do the poutine cast? Yes. We start doing the Minnesota poutine <laughs> cast. Yeah, but you have to We're take the song poutine every week. Jolene by Dolly Parton, and you have to replace it with poutine, and that's got to be the theme oh. song. I can I can arrange that. <laughs> I, can, I, I I know I know a guy. So we, we covered earlier that my go-to food is the the big fat bacon. So I'm going to leave myself out of the conversation. But uh, but Previn, you're you're Blaine guy. You're you've been to the state fair before. Do you have a go-to state fair food that you have to get when you come here? Well, I have to respectfully disagree with you guys on the Pronto Pup versus oh, the Corn Dog thing. Son of a... It was nice having you on the show. It's yeah, a shame thank we you. never thank have you back. I know back. I'm never going to come back. I'm never going to be invited <laughs> back. But my wife would would be just... She would have left the building the second you said Pronto Pup over, over the Corn Dog. Uh, <laughs> and I had never had a Pronto Pup until two years ago when we came, when we came here. And she kept on saying, oh, Pronto Pup's no good. And... I was like, I have to have a pronto pup. Like, I can't not have one. Like, I can't just take your word for it. She's like, well, I ain't eating it. I'm like, well, I'll eat the whole thing then. <laughs> I ate it, and I have to say that I will forever be a corn dog fan. Yeah. All right. I, I'm actually, I, I prefer the corn dog to the pronto pup. But oh my god. I don't dislike the. It's it's not an either or. Uh, you know, that's, that's the thing. It's like you don't you don't have to hate one to like the other. I like pronto pups. Pronto pups are good. And the nice thing about the fair is that that's when you get pronto pups. Well, and that's right? one of the best things is that you can. Where do you ever find a pronto pup besides here at the fair? Right. Exactly. I can get a corn dog year round. Right. So why come here and get one? I didn't. Why are you yelling? at me because it's very passionate i'm just saying i'm not an either or kind of guy i love them both i celebrate all bread wrapped hot dog items I really do there's, there's only there's only so much room in, in a person's belly you've got to make concessions at some point you've got to choose you're not going to get two dogs when you come to the fair no i'm probably going to get a prano pup exactly. if i'm going to get one because that's exactly. the only place you can get one and i rest my case but i'm not doing it at the expense of my love of the corn dog I didn't say you had 
had to. Just say that I'm right, and we'll be okay. The Prano Pup versus Corn Dog yeah. debate is a classic. It's eternal. You know? It's eternal. It's never going to end. <laughs> well, we, but we have a few minutes left in the show, and I wanted to talk um, with, with Previn and Bradley about one of the things that I find most exciting uh, about Invictus is that you guys have uh, a food partner there. Tell us um, how that came to be and how it works out uh, at Invictus. Well, originally, we didn't want to have food, but then we did decide that, uh, it, given our location, it probably made just more sense to have food. Uh, in addition, the city of Blaine requires us to have food um, oh, on site. Oh, that's nice. So it kind of worked out. It was <laughs> kind of forced on us, but it wasn't. I remember uh, that actually made the news when you guys were in the, still in the planning stages because it was a it was a bit of a controversy, right, with the uh, the city of Blaine or the city council there. Uh, if, if refresh my memory, I just remember seeing the story pop up when I was doing well, the news one day. The the news story was probably the one that where the school wanted to build next door to us, and there was an ordinance that we couldn't build the school within 500 feet, or couldn't build the brewery within 500 feet of a school. Why? Well, uh, yeah, are it, kids going to wander in and accidentally get served? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's just it was just an ordinance. Think of the children, Drew. That, that ended up resolving itself quite quickly, and with and without controversy that some people wanted to make it into well, it. It really wasn't, but... Uh, it's, it's nice when calmer heads prevail and some of yeah, the it is, stuff. Yeah, it is, it is. And that was, that was one of those deals that was, at the time, was blown more out of proportion than what it was really what it really was. So, But uh, as far as the kitchen goes, um, we, we did need to have an on-site food kitchen, but we didn't want to have the capital investment, and we didn't want to have uh, the risk in it, and nor did we want to be able to learn how to run two different businesses. Mm -hmm. um, so we ended up partnering with an experienced food vendor. They are a startup as well, uh, but they, they do have experience in the industry. Um, and maybe come up and you can give your, your interpretation of the food, but I think they're nailing it. Um, what kind of food is it? I would say upscale um, bar food. It's, uh, they've got some traditional items uh, like hamburgers and so on, but they've got very unique ta uh, flavors to do, them. With, do they uh, have pronto pops? They do not, nor do they have <laughs> corn dogs, but uh, they've got... Uh, that could be remedied. All of pimento burgers, um, really good pizzas, some appetizers, bacon-wrapped dates. Um, oh, I like they've that. They've got something called armadillo eggs, which is... Cream cheese, jalapenos wrapped in uh, uh, beef and uh, sausage wrapped in bacon. Oh my! Um, that does it. I'm on my way up to Blaine next time. I got yeah. some free time. Yeah, we got Sounds, sounds like we need stuff. to do an episode of the Minnesota Beer Cast from Invictus. I mean, that's what that's what I'm hearing. Please, Please right. do. We'd love to have you. All right. Absolutely. Sounds we will good. we will arrange that. And with that, we are out of time for this week's episode. Thank you so much to everybody who came in and hung out with us at the uh, Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild here in the Horticulture Building. Thank you so much to Freehouse Beer for sponsoring this episode and to our guest Invictus Brewing, Jess Fleming. Always a pleasure. Really appreciate it. We're off to the after party. Cheers. The fact that I like to drink beer this little song is more to the point Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears I like beer It makes me a jolly